This episode of United Motherhood is proudly brought to you by my fave candles, Hunter Candles. Hunter Candles are a local handmade business from Newtown, Sydney, who draw on inspiration from the natural surroundings of their suburb, the art-filled streets, and importantly, the people who influence their life with their love and creativity. Not only are Hunter Candles beautiful to sniff, they are stunning to look at. I have been a customer of Hunter Candles for years now. They actually curated a bespoke candle with a scent and branding for all our wedding guests, which was coming up to five years ago now. Hunter Candles have so generously given us United Motherhooders a 20% off discount code. So head to their their website, which is linked below and use the code YOUNGMAMA20 for 20% off their range. Welcome back to the United in Motherhood podcast with me, Zoe Young, the podcast where I share with you the stories of incredible women and a few good men, women and men that have us seeing the world in a different way, sharing their stories to empower, drive connection and uplift us all to feel united in motherhood. Because let's face it, together we are stronger. Alrighty guys, welcome back. I have been in such a funk all day, like literally all day. And I just finished editing this episode and now I'm happy. <laughs> I know that sounds so cliche, but honestly, coming on here, podcasting, editing, interviewing, chatting, getting back to emails for brands, guests. It literally lights up my soul. So I hope you feel that when you hear me on here. But um, the world is, has me and I'm sure everyone just feeling so heavy and everything that's going on over in Afghanistan, I just, I can't and it gives so much perspective to what we're like what we're living here in New South Wales at the moment and that's not to take away from what we're feeling and how we're feeling in you know what we're going through but oh I've got the biggest goosebumps all over my body I actually just don't even have the words for what's going on at the moment and today I was bailing on Instagram and if you follow me on Instagram I'm on it a lot and I think I just needed time and I hope you grace yourself the time too. And I'm not talking about taking away from body social media. I'm just talking about time in general to sit in your feelings and do what you need to do in that moment to just get by. Um, I know I felt really heavy. I'm in this very moment. I'm just fumbling over my words and I'm just, my body is full of goosebumps because I just feel everything so deep in my soul and it's scary like everything is scary at the moment and whether it be you know things that are going over like on over internationally here on our shores in Australia it's just it's fucked like everything just feels fucked and I know there's silver linings and I'm so grateful for my life and I'm so in such a amazing position and I'm not taking away from that but that doesn't mean that I don't feel things as well just as you do so anyway enough about that but I just feel like I couldn't get on here and be like my true authentic self if I didn't address sort of what was going on in my mind but aside from all of that um feeling good 
I feel, you know, my kids are just everything. They keep me so busy. Sometimes I feel like I'm too busy, but all in all, we are good. They're happy. They're healthy. I just really miss my family and friends. And I think that's, you know, how we're all feeling. Um, And obviously there's so many more emotions that go into it for so many more, but that's where I'm at. I am going to keep it short and sweet because I feel like sometimes my intros just go on. Um, But without further ado, I introduce you to the beautiful Brie, who is mama to two. And that's all I'm going to tell you. She is a shining light in this world and and is incredibly knowledgeable and passionate about all things disability. Enjoy. She's a legend. Let's jump straight in. So tell us a little bit about yourself. It's a hard question, I know. It is. And if you had have asked me a year ago, I really would have struggled to answer it. But I feel like now that we're in a really balanced phase in our life that I'm actually starting to realize who I am again. So I'm Bree. Um, my partner Mitch and I have been together for 15 years and we have two kids. Um, we live on the south coast of New South Wales in what I call the coast with the most. We love it. It was always our happy place and we've moved down here. But yeah, so I'm a mum, but I've returned to work and I'm seeing my friends more now and I'm finding things that I enjoy, particularly like my sip and painting. I'm enjoying that. I'm finding my creative side again and I just love connecting with people. The reason the sip and paint came up because we're on Skype so we can see each other, even though we're doing it remotely, and there's artwork sitting on the bed. And I said, oh, is that some artwork? And there's how many are sitting on your bed? I think there's, there's four, but two of them are my daughters and two are mine. But, yeah, I'm just, um, yeah, I'm used to draw and paint and I feel like I might have to get back into it. <laughs> yeah, no, you should. It's actually really, really good. So, you know, you're on the right track. And your son, Dak, Correct me if I'm going to say this wrong. He's seven. Is that correct? He's turning seven in November. He's turning seven in November. So he has congenital CMV. Is that? So congenital cytomegalovirus, um, referred to as CMV for short. And can you explain to us, like, what that is? Okay. Um, so cytomegalovirus is a very, very, very common virus. Um, 80% of the population have actually come into contact with it by the age of 40. Um, peaks of infection occur in children under the age of two, and it just presents with common, like like a common cold and flu virus. Um, there are the, there are the symptoms. If you get symptoms, some people don't get symptoms. It's only detrimental to women in pregnancy usually, um, and people that are immunocompromised. So for me, um, I was, I guess, unlucky. At 32, when I was pregnant with Dax, I hadn't come in contact with the virus. So I actually had a primary infection, infection in pregnancy, um, which then led to Dax's diagnosis and everything that comes with it. Did you know that you had it? No, um, and I'm glad I didn't um, because there is a lot of uncertainty in pregnancy if you do get diagnosed with CMV. And what I mean by that is that in Australia, one in 1,000 live births have a congenital CMV infection. But of those, that one in 1,000, only one in six of them will have some sort of, uh, I guess, birth defect from it. And that can be as simple as hearing loss. Um, for us, we're on the other end of the scale. Um, some children will, some babies will die, um, but at varying degrees. So 
we have a lot of women that come into CMB Australia's support forum that find out during pregnancy, find out that they've got it in pregnancy, but they might have a perfectly healthy child. So it causes a lot of stress and worry. So I'm quite, quite glad I didn't know in pregnancy. Um, in hindsight, uh, there were probably a few little things when I look back going, or maybe we could have found out. Um, but yeah, no, my pregnancy was beautiful. Yeah. Well, isn't that a great, like, you know, it's a great thing that you've got those beautiful memories, not a high stress worry. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you couldn't change it, could you? No. Um, there are antiviral therapies that, um, you can have. Some people, some doctors will recommend it during pregnancy and some doctors will make, recommend it for the child after birth. But obviously that really depends on your situation, where you are, who your doctor is. Um, so, yeah, whether Dax could have had antiviral therapy when he was born, whether that would have changed anything, I don't know. Um, doesn't matter now. Yeah, exactly. And when you contract the virus, I've done a little bit of research on you and a lot of news articles have said in the past that you can. it's very common for, like, children to carry the virus, to pass it on to their parents, et cetera, et cetera. Is that true or is that just what the media has said? No, no. So women that are considered in high risk in pregnancy are women that work in childcare, um, particularly ones that look after children under the age of two, and women that already have children who are toddlers um, under the age of two because peaks of infection do occur in that age bracket. Oh, And I don't know, and we've never tested Dylan, and it doesn't matter, but she was – she turned two a month after Dax was born and she was in childcare. So yeah. we can assume, um, but we'll never know for certain because we, we didn't need to know. No, exactly. Like you said at the start, it, it is what it is, right? And when he was born, were there, were there signs? Were there any – what made you explore? Um, well, I like to call it um, – it was definitely a journey and I describe it as a series of kicks in the gut. So – it was very staggered in his diagnosis. Um, so the first sign that something was not right was he was diagnosed with hearing loss. So he failed his newborn hearing screening. Um, they were like, oh, it's probably just fluid, as they always just say. Um, come back in a week. And then when we came back in a week, they were like, no, you need to go for further testing. So we went for further testing and it was confirmed that he had um, a mild to moderate hearing loss in one ear, which was permanent. Um, so that was kind of like the first thing and obviously that was upsetting, but I was like, you know what, hearing off, hearing yeah. out, we, we can work with that. Um, and in the process of all that, we were actually living in Darwin. So Dax is actually our little territorium. Um, oh so we, yeah, you've yeah. moved so much. Yeah. Yeah. We, we spent a bit of time in Carrara in Western Australia and then we went up, to, we came home to Sydney, had Dylan, our daughter. Then we moved up to the um, Northern Territory and lived in Darwin, um, and Dax was born there. And we moved home to Sydney when he was about four weeks old. Wow. Okay. So he'd been diagnosed with a hearing loss. Um, Mitch had been made redundant at his work. Both Mitch's nans were in hospital, and there was just this inherent call to saying, go home. Yeah. Go home. Um, so there was a bit of a crossover with services, but when we came home to Sydney, there was concern, some concern about Dax's head circumference. Um, so the measurement had actually decreased from his measurement at birth. Uh, so again, it was kind of like, oh, maybe someone just wrote the numbers down wrong. Yeah. Uh, so then we were referred to Sydney Children's Hospital and they, um, for the hearing services clinic. 
and they were just a little bit concerned about his lack of um, head growth um, and obviously the hearing loss. They're quite telltale signs of a CMV infection. So they wanted to do some more investigation, and that's when our path to diagnosis began. Right. And as a newborn, like, was he just your typical newborn? I know that sounds really, like, hard to say. I mean, you had a daughter before. Yeah, no, he was feeding well. He did, We when he was about, we did spend his first Christmas in hospital. He contracted RSV. Yeah. Um, so he spent, the, like, I think he was, like, five weeks old, and we spent five nights in hospital. But unbeknownst to us, obviously, he had CMV as well. Um, but no, he, he fed well, um, he slept well. Yeah, he's just your typical baby. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. then after diagnosis, what, like, how does, say, say, for example, if someone's listening to this and their, their child is on the same path as you, what did that journey look like? Like, how have you gone from finding out the diagnosis to, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if you want to say thriving, but I feel like you're in such a, a great, yeah, I mean, the diagnosis has just kept coming for us, though. So then we got the CMV diagnosis, which then um, we had a brain MRI. So Dax actually has a malformation of his brain as well. It's called polymicrogyria, which essentially means that he's got too many small gyria, which are the folds of the brain. Oh. Um, and then from there, he got diagnosed with cerebral palsy. So he's got dystonic quadriplegic um, cerebral palsy. So it affects all four limbs. Um, and then we also got a cortical vision impairment diagnosis. And probably all that took maybe 18 months. Wow. Um, yeah, we, we linked in with services really quick. Um, I myself, um, I'm a silver lining kind of person. Like, yeah. I'm like, some things we can't change end up changing us. So for me, I always look for a silver lining. I'm known to be overly optimistic and, yeah, I just was like, I don't know, I just had a feeling that things were going to be all right. Like um, our biggest concern in early days were his seizures, um, but we seem to have some miraculous control at the moment. Um, like I said, touch wood. But, um, yeah, touch wood, everybody. Yeah, we just linked him with services. We linked him with the Cerebral Palsy Alliance really, really early. So he went to, into their Babies at Risk program. Um, so we were offered um, support in the way of um, speech therapy, occupational therapy, physiotherapy. So we started early. Like we started early and we started strong. Um, we had a lot of support around us. And, yeah, I don't know. Like we just – you just roll with the punches and just go. And he was always a happy kid. Um, he was responsive to us. People gravitated towards him. Um, he loved being in the company of others. So if we needed a break, I knew that I could leave him with anybody. Um, and yeah, Dylan was just a little legend. She was a little trooper. She just trudged through it. Mitch was um, working away for most of the oh my goodness diagnosis time. So um, for me, I think that was probably the hardest because I had to compose myself and get my head around stuff before I had to relay the information to him and. I probably wasn't totally honest with him because he was sitting in the donger in Western Australia on his own working away for four weeks at a time. Um, I probably sugarcoated it a little bit um, until he would come home and then we'd be able to sit down and have those proper conversations. Oh, my gosh. You're amazing. Do you have, did you have family around you? Well, we were living with family. Oh. So when we moved back so quickly, um, we moved in with my mum and dad and Mitch's parents were around the corner. Um, oh, it's a blessing, isn't it? 
Yeah, my sister was going through a separation at the time, so she had moved to the family home as well. So it was like we're all going through this big life-changing event for me and for my sister, but we're all under the same roof doing it together. It's kind of cool, isn't it? It's like the stars aligned to bring you all back because the universe knew you needed each other. Yeah, and I think as well, like at the time, it was hard because obviously I was dealing with my emotions in accepting that, you know, Dax was going to have some struggles in life, but also I had to be wary of everybody else's emotions in the house. So, yeah, yeah, there were times when, yeah, I just kind of wanted to just be on your own. But I think in hindsight, when I look back, it was probably the best thing. Yeah, wow. I imagine you would have been have like a lot of appointments. You probably still have a lot of appointments, therapies. Yes. There was always one or two people at an appointment with me, which was awesome because it's amazing. We'd walk out from a neurologist and we'd all probably go, what did you take out of that? And like Mitch's mum would say something and I'd be like, I didn't even hear that. I heard this. And then like my auntie was there for one and she's like, oh, I heard this. So yeah, it was really good. Like and Dax has always had an awesome support network around him. We have awesome support network. And now that you live down in the South Coast, do you have support down there? Yeah, so we holiday down here our whole life. So um, we already had a network of um, family and friends. Up until recently, my pop, he just passed away earlier this year, but he lived down here. So we had family coming and going all the time. My parents have a caravan um, just around the corner from us. So right now it sucks because they're not here because of the COVID restrictions. But And we're not too far from Sydney, so... Mitch works in Sydney. He's up there at the moment. Yeah, so we just go up and down and, yeah, it works. It works. You seem really happy, like, where you are, like, in living and your situation. So it's it's really nice to see. But you said lots of people are drawn to Dax, and it's funny because I've only just started following you on Instagram, but I'm even drawn to him. Yeah. Just watching him, and I cried this morning watching him climb your stairs. Like, I know it was an old video that you posted, but it's just incredible. Like, he's a beautiful boy. A lot of people said to me when he was born that he's just like an old soul, and and I think can you cry now? Why am I crying? Oh, so he's actually he's in a mainstream class at our local public school as well, and um, so we're going along the inclusive education path for him. And I know that a lot of parents out there struggle with inclusive education for their children, particularly if their kids have behavioural issues um, and you know social anxieties. But for Dax, he just whenever you walk into that school. He's got a posse. Like there's people around him and I think it's just because he's so receptive to people and as soon as you speak to him, you'll get this big beaming smile or a giggle. Um, He's just always happy. But, yeah, I don't know. People just gravitate to him. Um, Is he he nonverbal? He's nonverbal in that he doesn't speak but he has a lot to say and he communicates in so many different ways. So we're going on down the path of a um, communication device at the moment, but his nonverbal cues are very, very easy to read. So if he doesn't want something, he'll push it away. If he wants you, he'll pull you towards you. He loves touch. He loves people. If you were sitting on my lounge, he'd come over, he'd crawl on you, and he would hug you. So beautiful. Yeah, and, like, he makes choices and because he is a little bit more mobile now, um, if he wants something, he'll get it. He'll he'll crawl there. He'll go in his walker. He'll he'll find a way to get what he wants. Yeah, and at school, is he in a walker or a chair or how does he navigate that? He is in everything. So he uses his walker in the playground. Um, He has his wheelchair for, like, you know, if they're just going over to the library and stuff. When he's in the classroom, he crawls around. 
Um, he has specialized seating in the class, but he's now started to pull himself up to the table. So um, his support worker rang me the other day and she's like, he pulled himself up to the table and she just stood behind him and supported him. And for a kid that doesn't like fine motor stuff, he grabbed a paintbrush and he was doing brush strokes with his friends in class. Good on him. Yeah, yeah. So That's amazing. And has the school been great at helping with the integration? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the biggest thing about um, our school is just that there's always been a will to include him. So whilst they didn't have a lot of experience having a child with Dax's level of disability, they've always been willing to learn and include him, and it's working for us. That's amazing. Love it. That's so so good. To begin with. So, so there's only two years between them, is that correct? Yeah, so she's in year three and Dax is in year one. And she struggled a little bit when he started because there was a little bit of, um, I guess, hype about Dax being there. And because they were both in the infant's playground when he first started, all her friends would come up and they'd want to play with him. And she's like, come on, guys, this is boring. Like, come on. <laughs> so I think it's worked better now that she's in the primary playground. So. You know, she has her friends and she's not Dax's sister. She's Dylan. She's her own person. And Yeah, I totally get that. It's funny, though. Like, I know Dax would have had hype around it, but it's typical sibling stuff. Like, that would be my Heidi, who's my eldest. Blake is my – he's my second child. He's very cute. And lots of people gravitate towards him. And she's always like, guys, guys, <laughs> come and do this, guys. I'm like, oh, hun, I'm sorry. And they're like, your brother's so cute. And he's like, she's like, oh, my God. Gosh, Mum, can you take Blake? I'm like, yeah, sorry, sorry. Dylan, the hype will wear off, and it definitely has. So, like, her friends come over here, and they're just like, oh, my ducks, and, you know, go off. So she's but isn't a- that amazing, yeah. though? Like, it's just educating the kids without even without yeah. even them knowing. That is the stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. And, like, we did that. We did letters to Dax's kindergarten class when he started, and then this year – because he's in year one, a lot of kids were already familiar with him. But what we found that it was the kindergartens that had started this year were like, oh, what's going on? So we did another letter and it got distributed to all of infants. Mm-hmm. And again, just telling them a little bit about ducks and that if their children come up and interact with him, they'll learn, you know, and all the kids are learning keyword signing. And That's so cool. Um, it's amazing. I went to a school um, when I – from – kindy to five I think I was I was there and they integrated children with disability and it was the best like yeah. I'm still in touch with one of my good friends has down syndrome and he lives quite far away now but it is it's cool it just it was never something that I ever thought twice about because it was just around me yeah and it was really interesting Dax got a an award the other day at school and where they do the award ceremony, it's up two steps. And so they get a ramp out. And the kindergarten is um, one of the teachers is a friend. And she said they came out and they were like, what's the wood for? And like, it's it's for ducks. And they're like, and she said they were really confused. And they couldn't, they didn't know why we needed wood for ducks. Yeah. And they're like, because he's in a wheelchair and he's got his walker and he can't go up the steps. And then one of the kids turned around and he's like, what? Ducks is in a wheelchair and a walker. And I'm like, but he hadn't seen Dax, yeah. like he hadn't, he'd seen Dax, but he hadn't seen the walker or the wheelchair. Like he just, yeah, Dax is Dax. Yeah, which is so, and that's how it should be, right? Like yeah. it should be like that in every area of life. So it's so cool that the school has been so on board. And, you know, I hope for every parent listening who has a child with disability that they are in a position like you, that they can, if they choose to, yeah. um, you know, integrate their children, you know, into mainstream schooling. So cool. Yeah, it is. It's been the best thing for us. And just the peer modelling and how much Dax has learnt from seeing what his peers have been doing. 
Um, we just can't teach him that. He just loves kids and he loves watching them and he'll sit there and watch intently and then he tries and do, tries and does something himself. So yeah, you just, you can't put a price on that. Like it's just. Yeah. Did he go, this is a, this is a question, um, off the back of an interview I did recently. Did you ever put him into childcare, like daycare or? Yeah. So we started up at Ingadine at this beautiful little childcare where Dylan was at and they were amazing. Um, Unfortunately, it got to a point where their um, setting wasn't conducive to Dax's needs with his wheelchairs and equipment and nappy changing and the room he was going to go in would have meant that someone would have had to carry him down through this whole area, down to another area. So, yeah, we moved him from there and it was devastating. We're all in tears, like, but that was so beautiful. And they were right for Dax at that time. And then we into a more specialised um, daycare setting, which was um, run by an organiser, a disability organisation, but it was a mainstream, um, I guess, preschool, but they did have a room for children with disability. So they kind of had boot camp in the middle of the day, we used to call it, but then in the mornings and the afternoon they'd be down with um, all the other kids. That's cool. So, and, and did you feel comfortable putting him into childcare? Were you worried with all his medication and... Like, was there a lot of training or anything that had to go into him being there? At his first childcare, no, because Dylan was already there. So they were like family, and we had so many friends and family that had children there. Um, and then when we moved on to the second childcare, no, it was pretty It was pretty easy because they had a lot of experience with children with disability, and we already had friends with children with disability that were in that centre. So, yeah, yeah no, like... Um, no, we've been really lucky. And even, like, the first day we dropped him off at um, kindergarten, like, I remember walking out and thinking I'm going to bore my eyes out, but I wasn't. I was just so happy for him because he was just so happy to be there. Oh, isn't that so beautiful? Yeah. So, yeah, he just, he's just where he needs to be. That's so great. And you just briefly spoke about having friends who also have children with disability. Did you, like, when you found out, you know, everything that was going on with Dax, did you integrate into communities or how did you find your people, I guess, is the question? Um, yeah, that's a great question. So uh, the first friend I made, and she's still an awesome friend, um, was through CMB Australia. So there was one mum that I was speaking to over Facebook um, and her son, Christopher and Dax, are very similar in diagnosis and they live in Canberra and we still catch up and I'm meant to go there next weekend, but I don't know if we can because of COVID. Oh, bloody COVID, it's ruining everything, I tell you. Bugger um, off. The, um, Pam was the first one that I was talking to, but then with the Cerebral Palsy Alliance, um, we were very fortunate the year that we joined, they actually had a play group. Oh, wow. I don't know if they've done it since. Um, but, yeah, so we met some families through there. And then as soon as we joined, when, when we went to the daycare, which had the which was run by the disability organisation, it just opened up our world even more. And did they become your people? Because I did a, a chat, or I had a chat with Nicole Rogerson, who's the CEO at Autism Awareness Australia, and she was saying, um, I mean, her children are a lot older now. They're in their 20s, but... She was saying that, like, she goes, oh, my dentist is an autistic child's dad. Oh, my so-and-so is a mum that I met at, you know, at an autism awareness event. And I was like, that's so cool. She's like, they've just become my community. Yeah. Um, yes and no. Like, definitely um, in the early days, 
probably they were my people. Um, yeah. They still obviously still are, and we still um, connect a lot on social media. And when we when we go to disabled surfers, like we try and all get together then. Um, but no, like I still really try and work on my friendships outside of that. Um, it's definitely something that was put aside for so many years, and there are a lot of people that I have lost touch with. Um, I know I haven't lost their friendship. It's just about trying to find the time to reconnect, and that's something that I think in the last year or so has really become apparent to me that I need to do. You're at that chapter. I feel like there's little chapters in our book of life, and we sort of, you know, yeah. one, you know, it doesn't mean that it's a negative thing. It's just where you're at at the moment, and and having a child with disability, I said to you at the start, I think just heightens things because even becoming a mum for me, there are friendships and like I haven't lost their friendship, but we just haven't reconnected. We're on very different paths. And that's not to say that we're not friends. It's just, yeah. you know, we just haven't Absolutely. spoken in a long time. And that's not a bad thing. It's just where we're at at the moment. Definitely. So, I think, um, and I just, I do know, like, there are so many people that I could just pick up the phone and call and even if I haven't spoken to them in a year or 18 months or whatever, that it would just be that, yeah, they'd answer it. They'd answer it happily and that we could have a conversation or we could go out for a wine. Because um, you're a top chick too, I can tell, even just from talking to you, you know? like, And I think that might be where Dax gets his infectious personality from, just briefly meeting your daughter then and you. like, He's got a pretty cool family and he sounds like a pretty cool kid. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, we are really lucky and I do think that we're lucky. Um Look, I don't know if I felt that way in the beginning, but, you know, for me, I've got two really happy kids. I really do. Um, we've had lots of tests thrown at us over the time, um, but we always come out the other side. And, like, Mitch is awesome. I feel – I think it's harder for him because he spends so much time away from us, working so hard to support us. Um, and we're very different, if you met Mitch. <laughs> Um, we are very, very different, but it works for us. Um, yeah. Isn't yeah. it the opposites attract? But yeah. for me and my husband, I'm the extrovert. He's definitely more of a – probably wouldn't like me calling him an introvert, but he's a little bit more introverted, I guess. But it works. I've been, We've been together since I was 17, so it's 11 years now, which is crazy, actually. That's a long time. <laughs> And it's, like I've always said, like it, I call it a roller coaster, and I always say that like we're in the, we're on this roller coaster ride, but we're just like at different points. Like I might be going up, and Mitch is going down, but we always seem to arrive at the same destination at the end. Um, yeah, and we do we feed off each other a bit, and um, yeah, it's interesting at times. But you know, he kind of lets me run my own race a lot when it comes to Dax, and just if I have a gut feeling, he trusts me to trust my intuition and just run with it. Oh, that's beautiful. And I, you kind of said it just then. Has your relationship, like I know you're at a very different point to where it is in the early days, but was it hard? Like was it really – did you have different views or has he always sort of, like you said, given you the reins to sort of, you know, put his trust in you? Um, I definitely think he's definitely given me the reins and put his trust in me, but he's also not one to not say something if he doesn't feel it's right. So um, I'm more go-with-your-gut kind of person. Um, if something doesn't feel right, it's not. Um, where Mitch is more the researcher. He likes to read stuff, study stuff, um, like, nah, that's not working kind of thing. Like if I walk into a, an appointment, and I did, I walked into an appointment once and with a person that worked at the children's hospital and she didn't even acknowledge Dax. And I walked out of there and I was like, she's not working with him. 
And they're like, what? And I'm like, well, I'm not the patient. Dax is. So, um, yeah, and then when we went to the interview in school before Dax started school, we all sat down. We had the principal and the deputy principal and the counsellor and Mitch and I and Dax was rolling around on the ground at the time because he couldn't crawl. And they're like, so where do you want Dax to be? And I went, I wanted him in a mainstream classroom. And Mitch looked at me and he went, when did you decide that? Did I tell you? <laughs> I just got all these plans in my head. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, didn't I tell you? And he's like, no. And anyway, but yeah. <laughs> so cool. No, I love it. You guys, I wish they could see your biggest smile on your face. Like, it's so nice to see, you know, you are, you seem so happy. And like you said, you've got two beautiful, happy kids. And like, as a mum, again, I know I can't really speak for being in your shoes, but doesn't every parent just want their kids to be happy at the end of the day? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, I just think, um, for me, having a child with disability has just really changed my focus in life. Um, we just have such stronger connections with our community because of Dax. Um, we've just learned so much about what is important in our life. Yeah. Um, and I just don't know where, where that would be if we didn't have Dax. He was always meant to be yours. Do you? you yeah. Know? Um, it's funny, it's just been CMB Awareness Month and I normally do this massive, you know, big CMB Awareness post and I actually didn't do one this year and I think I'm just sort of sitting with the would I change it? Because by creating this way, I'm changing that for someone and I don't know if I would change it as such. I would lessen the burdens on him. Yeah. But I wouldn't change him because he, his personality, he's cheeky, he's funny, he's lovable, He's a people person. Like, I don't think that that would change. Yeah. I love that. I love that. He's um, really this little person now and his personality shines through and I just don't think CMV might have taken so many other things from him, but it hasn't taken that. And that's, you know, all those qualities, who wouldn't want them for their kids? That's pretty, they're pretty awesome qualities yeah. to have. Yeah. And you said at the beginning you're working, um, you know, within the disability space. Can you tell us what you're doing, how we can help, how do we get involved? Uh, yes, so I am loving being back at work. It is a juggle, but I am working with some amazing people. So I work for a family-led organisation called Reframing Disability. And what I mean by family-led is that Everybody that works for reframing disability has a child with a disability. So we support families, but it's by families. So I have learned so much in this last year, or almost a year, just by being around these people. So we try and reach families at the earliest point possible of diagnosis to reframe disability, that it's not a bad thing, that you can live a great life. Yes, there'll be challenges, but it's worth it. So, yeah, and I'm actually at the moment also training to be a facilitator of a program called Healthy Mothers, Healthy Families, which is by Monash University. So they did research um, in over 1,500 mothers and they developed a program which looks at the health outcomes for mothers of children with disability and essentially if mothers of children with disability are healthy, their families will be healthier, but that flow and effect will happen. 
Um, yeah, so I'm loving it. It's really cool. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it's really flexible. Everyone's so understanding, and I just get to connect with like-minded people and help people. I love people. We love people. I like connecting people. Um, yeah. I can tell. I love it. And is it based in the South Coast, or do you reach no. everywhere? No, so we are um, – everyone works virtually, so we are a New South Wales-based organisation, but a lot of our programs are open to people Australia-wide. Um, so, yeah, we have a family support forum. Um, we run um, webinars. We've got a few interactive sessions coming up, and, yeah, we're just trying to help people through their journey. And How cool is that? I'm definitely going to link everything down below. So if you've listened to this and you think this could be, you know, of service to you or of service to someone you know, I'll link it all down below. Um, and then I guess you can share with me how they can get in contact. Is that on the website? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, amazing. Well, that's that's incredible. Yeah. Um, one quick question to end it, I guess, is I try and end every podcast um, that I do with a bit of a share. And some of the people that I've been chatting to have shared like resources relevant to their story. Some people have shared books, other podcasts, movies. But I'd love to know what filling your cup I feel like I might know the answer <laughs> oh well I feel like there's a lot filling my cup at the moment um I think my friends at, oh. to be honest um uh, two of my girlfriends we've decided to have a monthly Friday lunch um so if if it does fall in school holidays it requires wine but at the moment so um, <laughs> bottles of wine yeah. have your school holidays been pushed back a week too where you are no, our kids return on um tuesday oh i'm so jealous yeah so i think um yeah i guess i think just yeah reconnecting with some friends um i've seen mitch a little bit more lately um which has been really nice um because sometimes he can be away for sort of two and a half or three weeks so it's awesome having him around um, I'm actually just listening to podcast music. Um, I'm trying to give myself time on a school day usually. Um, I'm trying to give myself an hour every day on a school day to myself to do something for me. Um, yeah, you deserve it, baby. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like That's come from doing the Healthy Mothers, Healthy Families program, just realising how important my health is. Yeah. And is the program rolling out or is it something that they're training everyone? No, there's, there's, there's groups starting. Um, so there's um, quite a few groups scheduled. Um, so it's um, run over uh, three sessions. Um, they're two-hour sessions and they're three weeks apart. But there's also some online modules which are self-paced to do in between. So, um, yeah, if you go to Reframing Disability and have a look at their events tab, you'll see all the upcoming groups um, for mums. Um, yeah, but- for mums, this is a question question as well like I keep taking it back to the people that I've been podcasting with is it just around mothers of children with disability or can it be you know I guess would you classify a parent of a child with mental health or a parent of it's essentially well yeah so essentially um the research was into mothers of children with a uh, disability developmental delay or medical history so people out there that have chronic medical conditions for their children as well so yeah it just looks into that people that are doing those extra caring needs um, yeah, been um we got a um a grant to do it. But yeah, it's a free program for mothers of children with disabilities. Oh, that was gonna be my next question: is is it you know what is the investment like? So to know that that's free, that's incredible. What a yeah. service! Yeah, it's really good. Really. And good. when will you be trained up? Well, I've already facilitated one group. Um, so I basically I part I I 
partner with somebody that's already been facilitating for some time. So I've got my next two groups starting in two weeks. So oh, that's so exciting. Well, yeah. congratulations on everything that you've done. And I yeah. feel like I need to say congratulations on your two beautiful children because you're doing something right because they seem like the best kids and they're very lucky to have you as their mum. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much for joining me on the podcast. Isn't she just lovely? She is honestly such a shining light. I hung up from that call with her just feeling so happy. And I felt the love she feels for her children and the love she has of her life and just life in general. It was a really nice feeling to have walking away from. So if you enjoyed this episode and took something away from it, I would love for you to give it a review. Um, Leave a comment if you're feeling extra lovely. Can't even speak. Share it with your friends, your neighbors, your mom, your girlfriend, your husband, your partner, your work colleagues, whoever you feel like sharing it with because it really does help out this little platform of mine. I'll be back here in your ears next Thursday with another incredible guest. Bye, guys.